Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Mongol Blade. Mongol Blade is from Pennsylvania. They've been active since 2015, and they've released Fell Sorcery Abounds, an album that delivers on all fronts. And here is my interview with Mongol Blade. Hello, Richie. How you doing? Hey, am I connected? Yes. All right, cool. How you doing? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I'm just sitting sitting on the couch here getting ready to talk to you here. Well, I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. No problem. No problem. And congratulations on Fell Sorcery Abounds. It's a great album. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, it's uh, the... Uh... The, uh, the feedback and the reception of it has been pretty mind-blowing, to be perfectly honest. This is uh, my first foray into, uh, you know, I've been in bands and stuff my whole life, but this is my first foray into uh, success, I guess. I don't want to say success because you sound like a dickhead, but, like, you know, it, it's... it. Yeah, all the reviews I've heard are great, and it is a great album. I wanted to ask you how the recording process was for you. Hello, Richie. Richie, there. Hello, Richie. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Oh, I don't know what happened. Sorry about that. That's all right. I wanted to ask you how the recording process was for you this time. Yeah, so it was uh, uh, it was sporadic at best, honestly. Um, we started recording. Uh, well, we were supposed to start recording. Take you way back to August of 2020. We were supposed to start recording then, uh, and I actually broke my ankle, um, and like not just like a little break, but like a, like a pretty catastrophic break of my ankle, and uh, I was laid up for three months. So we actually put it on pause. Um, then went back in November. Um, had some issues, had some issues with uh, drum tracking. So, <laughs> and, and just like pandemic stuff. So basically they were, it was done in six or seven sessions from the mid November to uh, the beginning of March. So um, it was, <laughs> it was a really, really trying process just because, you know, you could all, I could only accomplish little blips of it at a time to, so to see the journey of it go from like, you know, single tracks to like, you know, the massive epic that it ended up becoming, uh, was, was pretty cool to see. Um, but, uh, our drummer actually, um, is the engineer that, that took care of all of it for us. Um, he's, uh, he's really talented. He's done a bunch of bands. Um, and we're really lucky to have him because you don't have to pay as much either. <laughs> right. I wanted to, um, my favorite three tracks are, Bell Sorcery Abounds, Oak in the Mist, and In the Grip of the Dark Lord. I wanted to know if you could speak on uh, those uh, one at a time. Sure. Uh, uh, Bell's, so, go ahead. Sorry. Fell uh, Sorcery Abounds being the first one. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, this is really great because nobody has asked me about this song yet. And like when people are discussing the album and talking about their favorite tracks, Fell Sorcery Abounds has not been mentioned as a favorite track yet. You're the first person. And that's actually my favorite song on the track or on the album as well. So now I'm really excited I get to talk to you about it because I haven't had a chance <laughs> to do so before. Um, 
that song actually um that song was written about a week before we went into the studio to do guitar tracks um i i knew um i knew that i had wanted to do like you know a titular song you know something that based off of the album title and i knew i wanted it to be um at the at the at the end of the album um kind of as like the opus you know um mm-hmm. that kind of encapsulates you know all of the styles that we we, we try to emulate and, and and perform um and you know i wanted to write something that that uh you know really captured that um captured that the essence of what the band is all in one fell swoop you know no pun intended um so yeah i mean the uh the song uh it's a it's basically about uh a man you know who's becomes the chosen one or whatever and and this is not you know this is not tolkien uh canon this is just this is just like over you know overarching fantasy um some of some of the songs in the album don't have anything to do with tolkien it's more of uh think of the songs of as like um an like a horror anthology almost you know what i mean where it's just different tales mm-hmm. of evil and magic um and i think some people um have tried to like you know stitch them together into one world but that's not exactly what i was doing but phil sorcery abounds is just about a man who you know uh is deemed the chosen one and he's um basically needs to decide whether or not he's going to be the chosen one for good or the chosen one for evil and he cho- he chooses evil at the end um and uh yeah i mean the 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 tracking on it uh there, there's about six guitar tracks on there it's a very very overarching recording and the um the uh choral vo- like the choir vocals at the beginning are um our drummer's girlfriend uh g- girlfriend's vocals she also does oak in the mist and the end of jevodan um she is uh her name is priestess nighthawk that's her stage name she's in a band called heavy temple um and she really helped out a lot with this album um but yeah as far as that i'm really glad that you said that you love fell sorcery bands because i absolutely love that song um and it was the most fun to do the vocals on too um now i guess uh what was the other one fell so- or uh uh, Oak in the Mist was my second favorite. Oak in the Mist, yes. So that one, funnily enough, that one is actually was not originally a more of a Blade song. That was my other guitarist, Jeff. He wrote that in high school for an acoustic project that he was doing. Um, so the song's about 15 years old, which is pretty funny. Um, and one day we were at practice and he had his acoustic and he was just playing it. And I had never heard it prior to this part. Me and him are very, very good friends. We go back a very long way. Um, but I had never heard him play this. And I was familiar with, you know, his acoustic project throughout high school and everything. But, um, you know, by the time um, this, I'm, we're talking two years ago. So this is 13 years after the song was written. And he just started playing it and singing it. And I was like, wow, this is, that's awesome. Like, wow, this is, this is great. So I was like, because I always wanted to put some sort of acoustic piece on the album. Just because, like, I like to make, um, you know, a, I'd like to make the experience as immersive as possible. And I think the dynamic advantage of having, you know, a softer piece on there, like almost like a neo folk piece, um, you know, does add a little bit of dynamicness to the actual, you know, overarching piece. Um, So he started singing it and I was like, yeah, this, um, this needs to go on the album for sure. And originally it actually was just going to be him on vocals um, with just the acoustic guitar and a little bit of uh, hand drums in the background. 
and uh, I presented it to I presented it to Will, our drummer um, slash, you know, producer. And he was like, oh, man, like, let's just like make this a full on like folk song with like strings and everything. And I, I, I you know, obviously I, I I'm a big fan of bigger is better. So he uh, he he was like, OK, well, give me the song. I'll learn it real quick. And then like I'm going to just sit in my basement one day and just figure out all the stuff behind it. And then he sent me a demo of it heard it and i was like holy holy shit this is this is uh this is more than i ever thought it could be and i love it and then we just decided to record it then um we decided that we didn't like um jason's vocals on our uh his our other guitarist so we asked again we asked uh his girlfriend priestess nighthawk to um to uh you know do the vocals on it and it, it, it ends up sounding very cool um i think there's uh a definite air of uh elven mystery to it you know um with some of the uh harmonizing vocals and stuff in the backgrounds that are more just like chants or you know like yeah not not literal lyrical vocals you know and the uh placement of the song is perfect on the album thank, thank well. you yeah well so that's and that's another thing too so um when we were like i basically decided all the track uh the track uh placing on the album because i wanted it to like i said uh mentioned earlier i wanted it to uh i guess just be looked at as a full piece rather than just a a, a lodge of songs um right. and i think emotionally it kind of takes you on to um up to a, a a climax you know and if you're talking about the vinyl version that's the first song on the side b so like and i think you know the, the the last couple songs on side b um are a little bit heavier in my personal opinion so i wanted kind of you know a deep a, a deep breath a deep inhale before you let out and 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 get pummeled by the riffs for the rest of the the album um so i really appreciate you saying that it you know the the, the placement of it is really nice cuz i also i mean if 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 people are familiar with our original ep our two track ep from 2019 um, Harbingers of Power and the World's End. Um, those two songs are re-recorded on Fell Sorcery, and uh, I wanted to put them in the middle of the album first of all, and then I wanted to divide them um, with Oak in the Mist, and it, it ended up flowing pretty nicely. So I'm really happy about that. And the third one I wanted to ask you about is In the Grip of the Dark Lord. It's another sure. one of my favorites. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I, I, that's actually one of the older songs that we have, um, that, uh, I've had the lyrics for that for a long time. Um, that was actually going to be on the EP and then we ended up just deciding to do a two track instead. Um, so I really love that song as well. Um, I wanted to kind of, you know, show our range and I wanted, I wanted at least one song on the LP to, to, you know, just be clear vocals. Cause I did, I know, I know my, you know, guttural vocals, you know, it, for purists, it's kind of a lot to handle. Um, and I think as far as the critique of the album, that seems to be the most consistent critique where it's like, Oh, these vocals, like I wasn't expecting it with this type of music, which, you know, that's perfectly valid. It doesn't, that doesn't bother me whatsoever. Cause that's just a preference thing. Um, so I wanted to put at least one song on there that was, you know, totally clean, um, showcasing the other the other vocals, uh, more heroic, clear vocals on the album. So um, I wanted that song to be super melancholic, um, 
because it's about um, soldiers, you know, going to fight a battle that they know they can't win. They know they're going to die, but they're going to do it anyway. Um, and I was actually uh, influenced um, and not many people know the track, but um, I was influenced by an old IRA song from the early 1900s called Foggy Dew. Um, and it's it's about it's about uh, Easter morning uh, battle in 1917 against the British. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's about like this man who's tending his farm or whatever. And he sees these soldiers marching by and he's like, oh, in two hours, they're all going to be dead. So I, that, that got and I, it, it's like such a somber somber powerful song and uh you can you know and 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 i i i've been listening to that song since i was a little kid and and <laughs> if you have any idea of where i come from when i, <laughs> when I was a little kid but uh <laughs> most people are listening i don't even know what normal people listen to but <laughs> but uh um i was you know so i i started writing the song and i and i i really wanted it to be just an air of of you know, hopeless, hopelessness, but also still sort of beautiful. Um, and I think, you know, I accomplished that. Um, Will, uh, our drummer slash producer really, really fleshed out that song a lot. Um, and I, I had it fairly bare bones. Um, and he really added a lot of the harmonies on there and stuff. Um, and that's one of the ones like we had harmonies written for pretty much all the, the whole album, but that was one that he was like, no, we need to go more and more and more. And like, by the time it was done, it was just like this wall of noise towards the end of the sound, towards the end mm -hmm. of the song. And I think it really translated really well. Um, there's also uh, not, uh, well, actually another fun fact <laughs> I haven't told anybody. Um, the first couple verses are me on the drums. Will, because he has a very, um, a lot more technical style of playing than I do. And I played drums my whole life too, along with guitar, but um, I have more of, I'm, I'm influenced by like the John Bonham school of drumming where it's like less is more, just make it powerful, you know? Right. Um, and so he, he was doing a lot more technicality on the, on the beginning of the album with double bass and stuff. And it just sounded a little busy. And I, and you know, if you can introduce that stuff later in the song, it has a little bit more of a, um, a little bit more of a weight to it, you know? So the first yeah. couple, you know, before, before, um, before you cut into like oh, the real slow doomy part, that's all me on the drums. Cause it's, uh, I just did straight up four, four with a bell, you know, and some crash cymbals. And I feel like it translates really well because when you hear Will's drumming take over, he's got a lot more of the double bass and, and a lot more of the complicated fills and stuff. And it kind of adds a little bit of uh, depth to it, you know, for lack of a better, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I, that's one thing I've always learned to appreciate as drummers because uh, every time I go to someone that I was playing with, I'd say, hey, uh, let me get by and kit for a minute. And I learned very quickly that my feet do not cooperate with my hands whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely um, an entirely different way of learning something for sure. Like I, I, started, as I started as a drummer prior to making my move to guitar um and you know when i was back in high school and playing in bands consistently with the drums i was a lot better than i am now like i was i was a very adept drummer for a long time but you know as as you get into adulthood it, it, drums aren't the most practical of instruments and you know i spent a large part of my 20s jumping around from my girlfriend's house to my parents house and you know whatever else um so i couldn't really bring drums with me and i didn't have right. a practice space at the time 
so I picked up guitar then and just, you know, started and then, you know, slowly but surely got better at guitar while neglecting the drums. And now I get behind the drum kit and like, you know, I can still keep a beat and make things sound good. But I, I often get a little, uh, you know, frustrated with myself because I'm like, damn, you know, I used to be very, very tight. And now it's, you know, it's a it's a it's a very much a muscle memory thing with the drums, you know. Absolutely. Are there any tracks that didn't make the cut on the album? Uh, yeah, actually, there is three, uh, three tracks that um, we got about halfway through recording, meaning that they have the drums, they have the, like some of the guitars, they have some of the bass, and they have vocals that are like not, you know, not touched up. But um, they're just going to be used for the next album. We're already like almost finished writing the next album and i also wanted to ask you um are there any hopes of a tour yes um yeah so yes uh we are pretty much trying to put that together now um we uh have not played a show yet uh as a band uh this is like you know most of this band's existence has been during the pandemic so we have not been able to go out and play as yet and uh now that everything's kind of opened back up and the album came out um because it didn't feel right playing these songs um live prior to people hearing them you know i'm i'm a big proponent of like touring in support of something rather than just like doing it to do it um because it'll draw more and you know it gets people a little more excited um so you know i think we're talking, I mean, we have a couple festivals that we've signed up for um, in the springtime. Uh, Legions of Metal in Chicago is one of them. Um, uh, there's one in Connecticut that doesn't have a name yet that we've signed up for. Uh, and then, yeah, we're going to be doing some uh, some just like probably not like full scale tours as in like month or longer. But we'll probably be doing like, you know, a week or two at a time, uh, two weeks here. Most maybe West Coast. Um, though, uh, the West coast is going to be a little cool cause we have to figure out who we're going to play with out there and fly out there and all that kind of stuff. But, um, the, uh, the, the East coast stuff's easy. Cause you know, I mean, I'm all in Philadelphia proper. So New York's only, you know, an hour and 45 minute drive North Baltimore's an hour drive South DC's two hours. So like, you know, as far as an East coast, like weekend thing goes, we could, we could start in Boston and three days late, three, four days later, end up in Washington, DC and still only be about two and a half hours away from Philly. So it's, it, 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 for right now, that seems like that'll be the way more likely thing to happen once, uh, I, you know, I'm thinking probably March, April in that, in that time. Well, hopefully, uh, you'll, uh, take a little detour in Hill, Ohio. I'd love to see you guys. Well, so we were, we were talking about it. So, that was the other thing. So we're playing in Chicago in we're playing in Chicago in May for Legions of Metal, um, which is a pretty big festival. Um, so that's going to be our first like real big thing, which is cool. Um, I'm really excited for it. Uh, a lot of really great, a lot of really great bands, uh, young and old. Um, but we were talking about putting some stuff together, you know, like maybe on the way out there or on the way back. Um because it seems silly just to drive to Chicago for one gig and then drive back to Philly. It's, we're talking about 12, 12 hour drive there. So you, you might as well, you know, make a stop somewhere else 
on the way out. So don't be surprised if you do see us in Ohio. That's great. And I also wanted to know, can you speak on the album artwork and the artists? Yeah. Uh, so um, my uh, the art the the art the art for the album is a painting. It's called Dark Magi. It's done by my very dear friend uh, Jerry Hyonis. Uh, his name is Wormwalk on social media, and, and that's his like artist name or his pen name or whatever you want to call it. Um, and he's done a lot of stuff. He's uh, he's done. Um, Lots of stuff for uh, traditional heavy metal bands. He's done some death metal. He's done some um, hardcore uh, crossover. So he's pretty established. Um, and he actually only lives about 10 minutes away from me. So um, it's funny because when, when I had contracted him for it um, or commissioned him for it, um, I didn't realize that he was a Philly local. And I had just been following his art for a long time because he, he's done some really, really great bands that I really, really love. Um, so I've just been following him and following him like, wow, this dude's great. His color, his work, his work, his colors are great. Um, you can definitely see the influence with like the old eighties masters, like Gerald Brom and, 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 and the Hildebrandt brothers and, 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 you know, a lot of classic fantasy artists. Um, and, uh, so I, I ended up contacting him, uh, and I, and I was like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're out of Philly. And he was like, Oh, where are you in Philly? And I was like, I told him where I live. And he's like, Oh, I'm literally like not even 10 minutes away from you and i was like oh that's great uh you want to do the training and then just that's uh that's the way it worked out and uh he actually just came over to my house yesterday to grab his copy of the vinyl great dude really really excellent artist really excellent and i also wanted to ask you um could you tell me how the band formed uh yeah okay um so it's not the most exciting story but um basically uh, me and, uh, our bassist Dan, uh, were in a like stoner doom metal band, um, for a couple years called Mota, um, leading up, leading up until 2018. And, you know, I just got, you know, I was never really interested too much in that music. Um, like my, my range into doom really begins and ends with like, candle mass you know like that's what i really and which okay. general, and, and pagan altar and you know those old 80s like epic doom bands um and they're some of my favorite music but i don't i don't generally listen to the weed the weed doom stuff too much because it's just not really my style of style of metal um you know I'm, uh but uh i was playing that for a little while um then realized you know i've always been into like you know fantasy and 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 you know true old school heavy metal um so i was i started writing riffs and it's funny because i i was writing riffs for this band and they were just becoming progressively more and more and more heavy metal and you know all the other band members were like dude what the hell are you doing like what is what's going on here we don't want to play this and then finally it just got to the point where i was like you know what i can't do this anymore i don't want to do this anymore so i quit that band um dan quit with me and um I took some of the riffs that I had been writing, um, you know, for uh, for them, and just took them with me, and they st they started turning into Morgul Blade songs. Um, uh, Five Will Ride at Dawn was written for the other band, and so was Sons of the Night. Um, they were both written for the other band, and uh, In the Grip of the Dark Lord has two riffs on it that were that were going to be used in other bands or the other band. Um, and then I just took them, and I instead of putting you know weed worship uh lyrics over the top of it i 
put, you know, my dorky fantasy lyrics over the top of it and the rest is kind of history. I, I, uh, I recruited, um, Jet, the other guitarist, Jason Jet. Um, I record, I recruited him. We've, we've been friends since high school. Um, and we had always cut demos and stuff in, in his bedroom, just like, you know, as an afterthought, nothing to do with any bands, just more of a, like a fun project. And I recruited him and I was like, you know, like you want to make, you want to make an EP? Um, and he was like, yeah, let's do it, you know? And we had never, ever, ever, ever um, intended for this to be a live band or anything of the matter. Uh, we really were just going to do albums and release them. Um, so we, we recorded the EP and uh, people really liked it. Uh, so we were like, okay, well, I guess we got to get a drummer now. So um, I played the drums on the EP. Um, uh-huh. And by the time the EP was out and everybody loved it so much, we were like, okay, got to get a drummer, went and grabbed the drummer. Um, it was another one of our old friends, Rob. And he, um, he was a chef by trade. So like he lasted for a little bit, but like he couldn't really keep up with the practice. Um, cause they're so busy. He's so, he was so busy. So like once it got around, you know, a little bit closer to the album recording time, I was going to do all of the drums for the album. And then Will, who was our drummer now and who was recording us was like, I can do them. I don't, I, he's like, I would love to do them. And the rest is pretty much they, we just got along. We we love a lot of the same stuff, a lot of the same music, a lot of the same pop culture. We both obviously love Tolkien a whole bunch. So it was just kind of a perfect fit. We just we just kind of rolled with it. And then it went from that to being like, all right, well, do you want to do this full time? Let's do it. And, and here we are now. I also wanted to ask you, um, when you're not working on music, uh, do you have any hobbies in your spare time? Uh, yeah, I um. I, I do. I, yeah, I do a lot of stuff. Um, I am also a chef by trade, but I have since left the restaurant industry. So now I have a whole bunch of free time on my hands where I'm just like, who I did. Cause I used to work 70, 75 hours a week. Um, you know, so I didn't really have any time to do, but, but sleep work and play guitar here and there. So now all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I, I have all this free time, but I'm a huge uh, NFL fan. Like I, I watch um, the biggest, probably the biggest Philadelphia Eagles fan you'll ever meet. Um, I, uh, I watch my, my Sundays are, you know, 1 PM Philly time to 11 o'clock at night football. Um, you know, much to the uh, chagrin of my girlfriend. She doesn't like that <laughs> very much, but, but uh, that's, you know, it's that I do that. And I, uh, I play soccer. Um, I watch a lot of the English premier league. Um, I read a lot of fantasy novels. Um, I, I I don't really watch too much TV. Um, TV depresses me. Uh, and there's only like maybe five shows that I can watch. And I just watch them over and over again because I'm boring like that. I watch, like Seinfeld and Kirby Enthusiasm and that kind of stuff. It just makes me laugh. But really, I don't really like I'm not tuning in every Friday for the new release of some some new bullshit show. You know, I don't do that. Right. Much, so, um but like I, I probably I go through maybe a, a book a month probably so I read a lot, um, and I you know I get a lot of my ideas from that. You know I'm I'm really really into history and folklore, um, and uh, you know some of my lyrics reflect that too. Um, but yeah, I mean I'm not much of a partier or anything. I I, I I tend to just stay at home. My girlfriend, my cats, my 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 one debaucherous night a week is my band practice night basically. <laughs> mm. And uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, where are some artists that inspired you to play? Oh, man. Um, well, 
it's funny because I, anytime I listen to something and I've been this way since I was a little kid or anytime I see somebody do something, I want to do it myself. So, you know, when I started getting into heavy metal, um, you know, my late teens, early twenties, um, cause I'd always grown up a punk kid. I, I listened to a lot of, uh, like oi and, and, you know, ska punk and the clash and all that kind of stuff growing up. And of course, like a Led Zeppelin and all that kind of stuff too. But, um, you know, as I was getting older and I started getting into this stuff, I was like, you know, a lot of this true heavy metal stuff that I listen to um, is fairly simple. Like I listen, I listen to a lot of like first wave Swedish heavy metal, like Parasite and Heavy Load and um, mm-hmm. very riff riff centric um, stuff with, uh, you know, simple vocal lines. So, you know, as far as being inspired um, by Morgul Blade, I think it's it's definitely that kind of stuff. Um, and then also like have your stuff like Bathory is probably my favorite band ever. Um, so I take a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, pointers from, from Corthon because, you know, he was another one that was doing pretty simplistic stuff, but the atmosphere that he managed to create whilst doing all of that was, you know, it's pretty mind blowing. You know, if you listen to Hammerheart or, you know, Fine Day to Die, you can feel like the sea wind on your face. Like he really like one road to Asa Bay, you close your eyes. You feel like you're there watching a settlement get plundered. You know, Um, he, he was, as far as I'm concerned, he was the master of that. And I think a lot of that second wave Scandinavian black metal is kind of the same way where those dudes weren't the best musicians. um, Where as myself, I am also not the best musician. Um, So I like to take a lot of the keys from, you know, atmosphere of those bands of like, you know, the, the early to late nineties, um, Scandinavia and kind of take, you know, their atmosphere and apply it a little, you know, a more to like the Swedish, you know, early heavy metal fantasy, um, riffs, because to me, you know, if you listen to the album in full and that's the way it's intended to be listened to, if you listen to it in full, you know, you're not going to be necessarily blown away by technical prowess you're never going to be like oh listen to that little you know hammer on he did there that's really crazy um, i'm more concerned with building um you know uh, immersion i guess would be the would be the sure that's really important to me and what's the best way to get merchandise for the band <laughs> did you uh, I, it's funny because I I, uh, I just shipped 150 packages earlier today at the post office. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's actually been incredibly difficult to keep the merch in. Um, I've done. I like to I like to keep a steady flow of different designs and stuff coming in. There's so many bands that just do the normal, you know, black and white or black shirt with a white and red print. I like to add a little more color into my merch. So I, I end up spending a little extra more when it goes into it. Um, but, you know, it's it's in such demand now that I, I can't even keep up with it. Um, we I put up 60, 60 shirts on the band camp for band camp Friday. Um just you know, just this past weekend, and they sold out in eleven minutes. Sixty shirts, uh, right? So, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like I I have to. Look, I think you know to a certain extent, I'm still underestimating. Um, <laughs> I'm still underestimating. I guess just how how in demand this stuff is. But you know, it, it I I probably need to up my production a little bit. But the fact that 
I put it on there and it went live at midnight. And then 12.11, I was laying down to go to sleep and I got a notification on my phone and said, you know, uh, out of stock inventory. And I was just like, you know, that's that's so crazy to me. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to be doing more stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to uh, somebody just, you know, oh, I'm waiting right at midnight. I'm waiting for that page. I'm going to snag it up. Um, right. That's, that's great. Uh, that's really great. Um, so I think honestly, the best answer to your question, you, I think as of right now, you just got to be ready, <laughs> follow us on social media and, and just, just be ready. Cause I will always post, you know, when, when something's going to be coming out or, or, you know, anything we have, we have patches coming soon that, that they're being done by a company in Portugal called dark productions. Um, they're really, really, really cool. Um, it's just a, uh, cutout of the, of the, 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 the sorcerer on the album cover outlined mm. in green and gold. And it's really, really, really well done and really cool. Um, so we'll be having those, but that, I have a feeling those are also going to be something that's probably going to be within like, you know, an hour or two, they'll be gone. Um, so it, it's, it's a matter of just staying ready. I, I, I've told people. Um, beforehand, I said, you know, make sure, you know, turn on post notifications for us, whether it be Facebook or whether it be Instagram or, or Bandcamp, because I'll post to all three. Um, and, you know, it, as soon as you see that, if you really want it, don't wait, you know, just get on there and grab it. But, to you know, to that to that extent, I also I, I also offer this, you know, if you miss out on one, there's going to be something else coming along. You know what I mean? Like. I'm always, right. I, I really like to keep the steady flow of, of merch because I almost want to turn it into like a brand, you know. So if you miss one and you're disappointed about it, um, number A, it, a it, you know, might be might be printed again. And B, if you miss out on that, you're not going to miss out on something else for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great testament as to how good this album is. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh. It's very cool to just see people flocking to your Bandcamp. We had we had like almost six thousand Bandcamp play, like hits on on uh, this past Bandcamp Friday, which is like that's so mind blowing to me. Like I, I I did this project for myself, you know. Like I, I not to sound like a selfish prick, but like I, I never in a million years. And if you had talked to Jason about this too, he'd say the same thing. Neither one of us, you know, had any idea that it was going to become this international. Uh, you know, recognized and appreciated record. Um, just the fact that like when no remorse, like our record label um, who have been great, by the way, um, when they, when they contacted us um, and it was in January when we were just finishing the album and they, to see if the, we, we, wanted, we wanted to work with them, I had to pinch myself because I, I could, I, I, I couldn't believe it because there's so many, like I've listened to bands on that album or on that record label for years and years and like, you know, Eternal Champions on that label and Throne of Iron and like a lot of really good U.S. bands are on that label. And just the fact that like I could now like be mentioned among them, it, it was such a surreal thing, um, really mind blowing. And then, you know, since then, like I, I did a decibel, inter decibel metal interview. We had a decibel track premiere. I mean, these are all things that I've been, you know, following and reading articles of since I was like 19, 20 years old. And now to be mentioned among that, it's just, it's a really, really cool feeling. And I'm, st I, I still haven't fully reconciled with it, if that makes any sense. Sure. Absolutely. 
And uh, lastly, well, actually, there's two two things I wanted to go over. Sure, yeah, you. no rush. No um, rush. Um, so, can you talk to me about the Philly steak? The Philly steak, huh? Yes. Oh, oh, well, my friend, I could talk to you about the Philly steak. I literally just ate one an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the first thing I'm going to tell you, is anywhere else in this country, and I mean anywhere else besides Philadelphia and South Jersey, if you go and you get a cheesesteak, it's bullshit. It, it is bull- my, 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 my dad always used to say uh, was what was what was the term he used for for any regional uh, any regional um, you know take on on the Philadelphia cheesesteak because the Philadelphia cheesesteak in its essence, is three things it's cheese it's chopped ribeye or you know just fried ribeye mm. and fried onions and that's a preference thing i get fried onions i think i think you're a psycho if you don't but <laughs> but um the next thing i'll tell you is most of the tourist places in philly are garbage um it's not if you pretty much talk to any philadelphia native native they're probably going to tell you the same thing Gino's is the famous one. Pat's is the famous one. They're not that good. They are, they're the, they're two of the originals. However, because they're such tourist traps, you're going to pay probably four or $5 extra and they're dry. They, cause they have so many people that they're serving. They pre-cook the meat and then they just throw it on the roll for you. You want to find a place, right. come to Philly. You want to find a place. They're going to take your order. They're going to go back. They're going to cut the roll fresh. They're going to put it on the flat top. They're going to cook it in front of you. And then they're going to put it on the roll. And, I'm a big proponent. I like hot sauce on them a lot. And I, I guarantee you, if some other Philadelphia natives hear me saying that, they're probably going to come find me and beat my ass. But <laughs> but a, a little hot sauce on a cheesesteak goes a long way. Big fan of it. Um, my favorite is in South Philly, or it's, it's, it's approaching Southwest Philly. But it's, uh, it's on 24th and Passyunk. It's called Phillips Steaks. Um, they are the best in the city as far as I'm concerned. They're open 24 hours. Um, there's been many, many times where I've gone to a gig or, or gone to a friend's house and I'm like driving back to the burbs at, you know, two in the morning, starving, stop there. uh, You know, it's, it's great. You have the, you have the, the eerie yellow light that you're eating. You're, you're, you're alone eating your cheesesteak out. It's a very romantic experience. (laughs) True Philadelphian (laughs) experience there. I will definitely have to check it out. I did write it that down as a matter of fact. Yeah, and uh, and I also want to ask you, lastly, if you could give any message to your fans, what would that message be? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's cliched, but uh, I just want to say uh, thanks to every single person um, that's taken the time, you know, to embark on this uh, adventure with us, this journey with us. Um, I like to I like to think of it as a. Uh, an epic fantasy of its own, you know, um, and every person, whether it's, whether it's somebody who's clicked on it on Spotify, somebody who's shared it on Facebook, somebody who's liked it on Instagram, you know, somebody who's come up to me in person, how much, how much they appreciate it. Anybody across overseas that have taken the time to reach out. It's really, really appreciated. You have no idea how much it's appreciated. Um, and you know, there's a lot, there's a lot more to come. Uh, there's a lot, lot more to come. This is, merely the tip of the iceberg 
Well, I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you. I always appreciate talking about music. No problem. And uh, please feel free to update me at any time. Uh, I never see. Oh, I will. So. We'll do. We'll do. I'll holler <laughs> if we uh, end, up, end up hitting Chicago or uh, hitting Ohio on the way out to Chicago for sure. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. you enjoy the rest of your day. And I look oh, forward to coming you. to Philly to Phillips. Oh, yeah, you got to, man. Hit me up if you're ever in Philly. <laughs> All right, will do. All right, thanks so much, man. All right, take care. Be good. Bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.